It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day during the weekday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify and all of the other places that you like to listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So you can get those into me by either adding me or DMing me on Twitter, at Julian Council. But first, make sure to follow, at Julian Council. Okay, sitting here on a Sunday afternoon, as you guys are listening, hopefully on Monday or whenever you listen to the show, and ahead of the Playoff games going on this afternoon. You got Tampa and the Rams, and then later on tonight, you got the uh, Bills and the Chiefs. And just thinking back to what I watched on Saturday afternoon in Tennessee with the Titans losing to the Bengals, and then Saturday evening, the stunner, I think, of the weekend for a lot of folks, even though I actually thought that San Francisco would win that game, went on with Adam Gold, the Adam Gold show that's uh, heard statewide here in North Carolina, and said, I thought that the 49ers were the better team overall. And I know people would probably think, hey, how is that even possible? They have Aaron Rodgers in the number one seed. Well, special teams is pretty damn important. And the Packers had one of the worst special teams units by a large margin in the NFL. And you just can't win football games that way, as we saw on Saturday evening. The Niners' defense was great. Garoppolo, future Carolina Panther Jimmy Garoppolo, wasn't awesome, but he made the plays when they needed him to. Also didn't get a little bit of help there, had a couple drops in the first half, but didn't have a great stat line, was enough to win that game. And will it be enough to win a Super Bowl? Probably not, but that's why the 49ers are moving on, hoping that Trey Lance can be that savior for them. And you look at the quarterbacks in the NFL and in the playoffs, and I go really to Saturday afternoon in Tennessee, and the big storyline coming out of Nashville is the performance of Ryan Tannehill and his three interceptions. You go back to last season, losing in the first round, the wild card weekend to the Ravens, and you wonder whether Ryan Tannehill can ever win one in Tennessee. I highly doubt it. He's a good quarterback, but not a great quarterback. Yes, the year they went to the AFC title game by winning on the road against New England, then beating the Ravens on the road when they were the number one seed and Lamar was the MVP. Tannehill was able to help them get there. But he didn't do a ton. It was all Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill making the throws when he needed to. But come the AFC title game against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, it wasn't enough. And on Saturday, playing against Joe Burrow, it wasn't enough. And I put this out on Twitter. And I told people, and I believe this in my heart, until the Carolina Panthers are able to identify a quarterback like a Joe Burrow, it does not matter who coaches the football team. They're going to be garbage to mediocre at best until they can identify that caliber of a quarterback. It's only year two for Joe Burrow, but he has proven over the last month of the season especially that he is that dude. 
And he has changed the fortunes of a Bengals franchise that up until last week hadn't won a playoff game in 31 years. And now they're in the AFC title game in his second season. The offensive line there in Cincinnati is not good. He got sacked nine times. And I saw a lot of people respond to me like, well, the Panthers need an offensive line. Absolutely. Because you don't get a good enough offensive line, you're not going to have a chance. But also you've seen every good quarterback in the league can handle the pressure. Burrow got sacked nine times and was still able to make the throws to help his team win that game on Sunday. Yes, the Bengals need to get a better offensive line, and obviously the Carolina Panthers need to invest in one. But first and foremost, they need a quarterback like Joe Burrow if they want to have any shot at doing anything moving forward and being a team that can hoist a Lombardi trophy. Will Joe Burrow ever do that in Cincinnati? I don't know. The ownership's not great, like here in Carolina. I hear a lot of folks wanting Matt Rule out of town. I get the frustration that's gone on here over the last two months with how the season ended, losing straight games, seven straight games, and then Rule's press conferences, and now the hiring of Ben McAdoo. I don't have a ton of confidence in Matt Rule, but the biggest issue for the Carolina Panthers overall really is the owner and David Tepper, but it's also they don't have a quarterback. In the offensive line, that that needs to be fixed. But a lot of teams in the NFL, as I pointed out throughout the season, have offensive line issues. But some of those teams, like the Bengals, are able to overcome it to the point where they're playing to go to the Super Bowl next Sunday on championship weekend. The Carolina Panthers don't have a quarterback in Sam Darnold who can overcome that and has shown time and time again throughout his career that he craps himself anytime he faces any sort of pressure. All the best quarterbacks can handle pressure. Yes, you need an offensive line, but you need one of those guys who can elevate a franchise. The Bengals were straight trash for years until Joe Burrow came to town. They maxed out Andy Dalton. That was going to the wild card round and losing. Then after that, they weren't any good. They get Burrow, have one bad season, win the division. When they have the Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns, who aren't terrible anymore, to win that division and to now be in the position that they're in, it's because of Joey B. The Panthers need that. They had that guy in Cam Newton. Unfortunately, they didn't protect him like they needed to, and that's going to be a situation in Cincinnati. If they don't protect Joe Burrow, they're not going to get very many of these opportunities moving forward. But as long as they can keep him healthy, they're going to have a chance. In Carolina, had they been able to keep Cam Newton healthy, might have had a chance longer here. Like, look at the situation, too. Like, look at Ron Rivera, probably the best coach the Panthers have ever had. Him and John Fox, both nine years, both went to the Super Bowl. But, but the best five-year, four or five-year stretch here in Carolina Panthers history went to the playoffs back in 13, 14, 15, and then in 17, we're under Ron Rivera with Cam Newton, the only franchise quarterback that we've ever had here in town. When did things fall apart for Ron Rivera? When Cam Newton got injured. In the second half of that 2018 season, when Cam's shoulder fell apart, the Panthers fell apart. In 2019, when Cam gets hurt week three of the preseason against New England and comes back in the first two games, they start off 0-2 because he's not right. What happened? Well, Panthers, yeah, they started winning a couple games with Kyle Allen, but they realized that Kyle Allen's not that guy, and the defense wasn't that good, and they fell apart, and then Ron Rivera's out of town. You're telling me if Cam Newton doesn't stay healthy, that Ron Rivera's still not the head coach here in Carolina, or at least he doesn't get another bite at the apple to draft another quarterback? Because there could have been a reality where Cam is here, or at least a timeline where Cam is here in 2020, they move on, get a new quarterback, and Ron Rivera's still coaching here with maybe a Justin Fields or whoever, Mac Jones. And we're not in a situation now where everyone wants Matt Rule gone. And Matt Rule absolutely is one to blame when it comes to the quarterback situation. He brought in Bridgewater, who we knew from day one was never going to be a long-term fit. But at the very least, they had a decent plan where they wanted to stabilize that position. 
And then when they found that quarterback, like a Burrow or a Mahomes or whoever that was available via the draft, they would then go there and upgrade. But the owner, who's the biggest problem here in Charlotte, decided that I can't sit here and watch Teddy Bridgewater again. We need to go find that quarterback now, opposed to being patient. The same man who told us Rome wasn't built in a day. He hijacked the plan. Stafford didn't want to be here. Watson's got his issues. And they decided that they thought that Darnold was a better situation for them instead of taking on a rookie contract at Mac Jones or Justin Fields, which to many determine whether those guys even turn out to be the guy, even though Mac Jones rookie year helped the Patriots get to the playoffs, but not good enough quite yet. As you saw, they get their ass kicked against Buffalo last Saturday. But until they get a Joe Burrow type, it does not matter who coached the football team. It's, it's about the Jimmys and Joes, right? Not the X's and O's. And well, hell, Jimmy and Joe both won on, si- on Saturday night. And one of them's not like the other, as we know. But until they get that guy, y'all can bitch and moan about Matt Rule all you want. It's not going to change a damn thing. Get a quarterback, and all the fortunes can change here in Charlotte. It, it's not that simple, but sometimes it really feels that simple. Speaking of Matt Rule, and y'all wanting him out of town. Reports from Jason Lockenfora coming on Saturday suggest that Matt Rule might be eyeing a Big Ten job. We'll get into that here in just a moment. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours are about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bars make it easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good you want to eat it all the time. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but sometimes it just gets so boring. You're always asking yourself, where is the chocolate? Well, you're in luck. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to other candy bars, which usually have around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Built Bar is not only the better tasting choice, it's also the healthiest choice by far even if you're not a huge fan of working out you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you that way when you enjoy a delicious built bar you can almost count it as a workout go to built.com and use promo code lock 15 and get 15 percent off your first order use promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A lot of y'all believe that Matt Rule is a college coach and he needs to go back to college. I believe it was Trey Boston who had tweeted out that some of the Bills players had started this uh, hashtag sin rule back to school. Unfortunately for a lot of y'all, Matt Rule has not gone back to school just yet. May he do that in the next coming weeks? We will see. According to NFL Insider for CBSSports.com, Jason LaConfora believes that if Jim Harbaugh the head coach at the University of Michigan decides to take the Las Vegas Raiders job where he started off his coaching career. He has a great relationship with Mark Davis, the owner there in Las Vegas, that Matt Rule could be at the top of the list for Michigan to replace Jim Harbaugh there in Ann Arbor after a fantastic season. He's been there for seven years, goes to the playoffs, wins the Big Ten, finally beats Ohio State, 
Now it sounds like Jim Harbaugh, who had his contract restructured before the 2021 season because of Michigan not yet reaching the heights that a lot of folks had hoped. And people were saying that Jim Harbaugh was a bust, even though he was winning more than any Michigan coach since Lloyd Carr had won at that school. And they were only a couple plays away from beating Ohio State and having gone to the playoffs a couple times. But, you know, context, people rather just crap on Jim Harbaugh than recognize that he's actually a good coach, even though it took until this past season for him to finally win a conference championship in college football. Harbaugh's got the program where he wants it to be. It's his alma mater. His kids go to the same schools that he went to growing up. It seems like a great fit. And I'm a guy who's a sucker for anyone who's a alum of their school and they're coaching them. I want to see them succeed. So I was happy to see Jim Harbaugh do well. And also as a Harbaugh defender, I was very happy to be validated and vindicated. So congrats to Jim. And I don't want to see him go to the NFL. He's a guy who's only stayed at places usually four years, whether it's been at Stanford, whether it's in the NFL, whether it's been at San Diego, seven years is the longest tenure he's ever had being there at Michigan at his alma mater. And I don't think he had he gone to any other school, he would have stuck around this long. But now after having success and maybe looking around the, uh, this landscape of college football and seeing that it's going to be pretty damn hard to consistently beat Ohio State. It's going to be damn hard to beat the Georgias of the world and Alabamas. And we'll see where Clemson goes now with Dabo Sweeney and losing those coordinators and Brent Venables especially and having to identify a new quarterback, but he might look at the college football landscape and think that I might be better off in the NFL well, where it's a level playing field, at least, even though Michigan can achieve the things that they achieved this past year, but still get just boat raced by the eventual national champions, Georgia Bulldogs, on the road there in Miami in the college football semifinal. But Matt Rule apparently could be at the top of the list. As Rule, according to sources close to Jason LaConfora, is keeping a close eye on that job. He also was looking at his alma mater, Penn State, as James Franklin was kind of having a little dalliance with USC and LSU, but those schools eventually did not hire him as he had changed agents, what got him a new extension there at Penn State, and James Franklin has a pretty good job, and the job I'm sure that Matt Rule would love to have if he ever went back to college. Now, the one thing for me when it comes to Rule potentially going to Michigan, if that becomes available, that's interesting, is you got to understand the dynamics there working at the University of Michigan. Ward Manuel's their, their AD, played football at Michigan, Michigan man. Jim Harbaugh, head coach, again, played at Michigan, grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan man. Juwan Howard, part of the Fab Five, played at Michigan, went to Final Fours, national title games, lost those. Never forget that Chris Weber timeout, Michigan man. Cried his eyes out when he took the job at Michigan after being pa- over, passed over so many times, not getting a chance in the NBA. And he would never leave according to Jalen Rose, University of Michigan, until he's able to finally win a national championship for that men's basketball program, that's when he would lead to go to the NBA if he ever wants to do that. But all those guys are Michigan men. 80s a Michigan man. President's a Michigan man. Coaches are Michigan men. Matt Rule went to Penn State. Michigan is one of those weird schools, like North Carolina, North Carolina basketball program, which is having a terrible season right now by their standards. The only person, they only had two candidates that they were really going to look at. Hubert Davis, who played at Carolina under Dean Smith, and then Wes Miller, who played at Carolina under Roy Williams. Miller, far more experience as a head coach, but at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, and then Hubert Davis had never coached a team outside of the JV team at Carolina. But Carolina was never going to hire someone who wasn't a part of the Carolina family. Michigan is similar to that, where they're not going to hire someone, typically, who's not a Michigan man. You go back and look at the tenure that they had there with um, Brady Hoke, former Carolina Panthers assistant coach, he at least had been to Michigan, had coached at Michigan before, had the Bo Beckler ties. Rich Rodriguez didn't have those ties, and that ended in utter disaster. 
Lloyd Carr had the ties as a Michigan man, having coached Bo Schimbeckler. Jim Harbaugh has the ties. I have a hard time believing, even if Matt Rule is interested in the Michigan job, that Michigan wants to hire a coach who played at Penn State under Joe Paterno. And it has nothing to do with what happened under Joe Paterno and Jerry Santeski stuff. It has everything to do with he went to Penn State, and this is Michigan. Like, they're the kind of snobs where they don't want someone who didn't go to the university, who doesn't understand the dynamics that go down there in A-squared, who doesn't get what – they don't understand just how good the Ruben there at Zinger Mandeli is. So while Matt Rule might be interested in that job, I have a hard time. And also I have a hard time understanding this too. Matt Rule, who didn't want to Petrino the Panthers and leave in the middle of the season, is now trying to – he's going – he's hired a new OC. He's fired coaches. And you have to understand when a guy – leaves he typically takes his coaching staff with him so I'd imagine that Jeff Nixon would go with him and same thing with Phil Snow but what happens to some of these other coaches like he fired Joe Brady just then to go take a college job he would have fired Pat Meyer and I don't imagine these guys would have gotten retained anyway but he would have fired these guys just to go take a college job it would seem pretty shady to me to be hiring and putting and signing a deal with Ben McAdoo and then deciding actually I'm gonna go back to college Okay, like, hey, it's a great job. And there was a lot of great jobs available this year with LSU and Oklahoma and USC and Florida. It's college football, so it doesn't. You, we'll see what jobs open up next year. We didn't expect Oklahoma to open up. We knew USC would. We didn't expect, uh, I guess, LSU's not really a surprise. Florida, that was not a school that we thought would open up this year. And Michigan would also be a surprise. Well, it wouldn't be a surprise, but it'd be surprising in how it happens if Jim Harbaugh does decide to leave and go back to the NFL. So we'll see what happens, but I have a hard time believing Michigan actually wants a guy who played at Penn State and is not a Michigan man, just knowing what they're all about up there in Ann Arbor. Okay, so it looks like it's been finalized, according to Joe Person of The Athletic reporting this on Sunday, that Ben McAdoo will be the OC here in Carolina. More thoughts on that as I got to an emergency pod on Friday. want to get more of my thoughts here on this Monday on Ben McAdoo as the Panthers OC moving forward into 2022. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get the 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Ben McAdoo is going to save the Carolina Panthers offense. <laughs> well, probably not, but we hope. We certainly hope. Ben McAdoo, who has now been announced, the, well, hasn't been announced yet, but according to Joe Person, they have come to terms. The deal is all set. They've signed it, pinned the paper, crossed the T's, dotted the I's, yada, yada, yada. Ben McAdoo is now the new OC here in Carolina. And looking at the options that were available for the Carolina Panthers, might have been the best option. I don't know if Jay Gruden wanted this job. I would. I don't. We'll see what happens with this coaching carousel and where Jay Gruden ends up if he ends up anywhere. But I would have been my choice of the options that were available. But Ben McAdoo at least has the experience of having had success as an OC in New York before taking over as a Giants head coach, where he did take them to the playoffs, and then well, everything kind of fell apart thereafter with the benching of Eli Manning and the way he handled the team and the fractures in the locker room. And Ben McAdoo just was never really great in front of the media, like a guy we know here in Charlotte and Matt Rule. But McAdoo was worse. And I remember as Ryan Clark of ESPN said that Ben McAdoo is the least inspiring head coach he's ever seen in the National Football League. We'll see if he can inspire the Panthers' offense here this upcoming season. And I'll point this out, and it's interesting to me, Going back to the report from Jay Glazer about Matt Rule wasn't necessarily safe, that he needed to go out there and hire a rock star OC. A rock star OC was never going to be interested in this job. Also, the last time they hired a rock star OC and Joe Brady, that didn't necessarily work out. Him and Rule were never on the same page, which was probably the biggest issue. Also, it was given to Joe Brady this past season with Sam Darnold, another terrible offensive line, and then just to regret not having a number three wide receiver and then the regression of Robbie Anderson, it made things difficult for the Panthers to have success. And I mentioned this when I recorded that podcast about Joe Brady getting fired, that while I never thought Joe Brady should have the job, that he needed to have more experience, that obviously when you look at the NFL and what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and all those LSU guys have done, that that was not Joe Brady. That was not Joe Brady. He also didn't call the plays at LSU. He didn't coach Joe Burrow. But Ed Ogeron said, this is, Joe Bur- this is Joe Brady's offense, even though it wasn't Joe Brady's offense. It was a collection of some of the greatest offensive talent that we've ever seen in one setting in college football history and just everything coming together for a magical season down there on the Bayou in Baton Rouge. Joe Brady played a role. I think a significant one, but he wasn't the guy. They don't win that without Joe Burrow. They don't win that without Jamar Chase and without Justin Jefferson. They don't win that without the top offensive line and Clyde Edwards Alaire and that defense. Like they don't win that without that without Dave Aranda, who just won the damn Big 12 at Baylor, which Matt Rule didn't even do. So I never thought he should have gotten the job. I would have liked to have seen him stay, get more experience as actually a play caller before coming up to the NFL and facing the greatest defensive minds. Year one worked out well when they had Bridgewater and when you had Curtis Samuel still, and even Mike Davis was better than what they had with the back running backs this past year, not having McCaffrey, and DJ was great, and Robbie was great. But there's a drop-off, and you thought at least the the bottom would be what you saw with Bridgewater, and that hope was that Darnold was going to elevate this team and with the deep ball passing game, which didn't happen outside of week one against the Jets to Robbie Anderson. So what's on this roster coming up here will – dictate whether Ben McAdoo actually has success here in Carolina. Because if he doesn't have a quarterback, he's not going to have success. If they don't find an offensive line, he's not going to have success, or at least it's going to be limited even if they have a quarterback back there. Unless that's just a guy like a Joe Burrow, like I mentioned earlier. You have a freaking dude like a Russell Wilson who's run for his life in Seattle, but yet still found ways to put up big numbers and to get that team to the playoff and win divisions and win Super Bowls. So... Back to really the original point I wanted to make with the report about hiring a rock star. 
How much sense did it ever even make? So David Tepper's thinking, if Matt Rule doesn't hire a rockstar OC, like he hires a guy, they sign him to a deal, then I'm going to fire him and then pay another person to buy out? That wouldn't make any sense. So what, are you going to have your next head coach have to have Ben McAdoo on the coaching staff? So yeah, we're going to sign a guy to terms, and I'm going to fire the head coach because he didn't hire a right OC, even though I went out there and I'm having these kind of reports and these leaks about hiring a rock star OC, which is going to scare any viable candidate away from wanting to go to a lame duck coaching situation like Matt Rule probably is in here in 2022 in Carolina. Come on, like, I don't doubt that Jay Glazer has great sources, obviously. Like, he's a guy you should listen to. I just, it didn't really make a ton, logically it didn't make a lot of sense. Not saying it wasn't true, but logically it didn't make a lot of sense. Like if you're going to hinge whether who he's going to hire on whether you want to keep him, then you probably should just fire the coach. Because <laughs> the best chance to get a rockstar OC is to hire somebody else and then they can probably get a hot shot, or at least whoever's next up and coming guy to be their OC. Who's probably still not going to be a rockstar OC. But McAdoo, that's who the choice is here in Carolina. Will it work? I don't know. But again, Panthers aren't going to achieve what y'all want them to achieve until they get a guy who is the caliber of Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, those kind of guys. And I'm not not necessarily trying to put Joe Burrow right up there just yet, but things change awfully quick there in Cincinnati when Joe Burrow became the uh, the quarterback. And they also had to make key signings like Trey Hendrickson coming over from, from the Saints and Larry Ogunjobi from the Browns and, of course, drafting Jamar Chase. Like, they needed those guys. And T. Higgins, they, they, had, to, they had to put some something around them. But things sure as hell changed and turned around real quick when they got a quarterback there in Cincinnati. And he's proven already that he is miles and light years ahead of where Andy Dalton ever was for that organization, where they had a ton of success with Dalton, even though it didn't quantify into playoff success. So go get a Joe Burrow, and then maybe things can turn around. It doesn't matter who the OC is. It doesn't matter who the head coach is. Get that quarterback. And, well, what Michael Jordan said, the ceiling is the roof. Okay, that's going to wrap it up here for another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify and all of the other places that you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Lockdown Podcast Network. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions. So get those into me now by either adding me or DMing me. But first, click the follow button. Until tomorrow, take care, be safe, and I will talk to you then. Goodbye. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.